Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for John Bell, his friends, and his family. And we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends and family worldwide. Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one radio show. You might be wondering why this is so. Memorable quotes, life lessons, and so much more. The Coach's Corner will make you soar. All outstanding guests that we love to feature, you will find the show to be the best teacher. Great authors like Ted Siuba and Bernie Siegel, awesome leaders that soar like an ego. Beverly Nadler with Here's to Your Health, home business opportunities to increase your wealth. Kurt's impersonation and improvisation add to the show's transformation. Broadcasting live across America and around the globe with timely topics and issues to probe. The chat room is always fun. We see your comments and appreciate each one. Want to change your life? Change your approach. And hire me, Joyce Barry, to be your life coach. Folks, thank you for joining us today. Great show. Today we have a great topic. It could change your life, change the lives of those you know. Of course, it's called Forever Young. Don't worry, be happy. Today, the ever-popular radio personality, John Bell, inspires you to truly appreciate and enjoy your twilight years. As Mae West said, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. I know that our very special friend, John Bell, continues to do it right. John is 82 years young, always the voice of reason. John will inspire you to make the most of your senior years, appreciate it, and enjoy it. Each day is the first day of your life. Make it count. Make it matter. Do a random act of kindness. Pay it forward. Most importantly, be kind to yourself. Be good to yourself. Take care of yourself. And look forward to this day and every day that follows. And why I look forward to this day, one major reason is that John Bell is here with us as our special guest. Welcome, John Bell, the ultimate voice of reason. (laughs) Thank you, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here as always. 
And uh, just about every show, every topic, I know you would be perfect for it. You're so wise. You're beyond your years because you're, after all, very young. I see see you at about, I don't know, I'm going to say 60, 65. That's how I see you. (laughs) Well, that was a while ago, but it was a good year, so I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you had more good years than the other kind Where do you want to start, John? Well, we we were talking about the the joy kind of of aging And I think it's a great topic because far too often um, Aging is talked about in such a negative way Uh, We talk about the aches and pains that, that begin to show up in our bodies We talk about the medications we have to end up taking The injuries and the surgeries and all the other negative things, the uh, loss of friends and neighbors, things that are part of the aging process but are just the negative side of it. I have discovered that there is an entirely positive side to aging that we don't focus on enough, and that's why I look forward to doing the show with you today because I think there are a lot of positive things about growing old, about the process of aging that we should be talking about. That is so true, and what you mentioned, you are so right. Uh, I mean, uh, so many times I pick up the phone, it's either someone going through surgery or their friend or their spouse, the medications they're on, the aches and pains, losing friends. That is so true, John. That is what people focus on. How often do you get a call? I want to share the good news with you. Well, part of this is because we live in a youth-oriented society. Other cultures don't necessarily focus as firmly on youth as we do here in our country. And I think that kind of leads people to think that there's something wrong with not being young. And um, I think sometimes there's something wrong with being young, (laughs) to tell you the truth. But uh, (laughs) there is nothing wrong with aging. It's part of the natural process of life, and we need to learn how to accept it and enjoy it because it's coming whether you want to or not the alternative to living a long life is dying young and that's not very attractive (laughs) so you agree as as you wisely pointed out that most often than not when you're with seniors they are focusing on all the things that are not working yeah that's because they've been taught to do that and I, 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 it troubles me sometimes when I see um, seniors who have kind of John, all the yeah. good stuff is gone. Yeah, and you so went out for a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you hear me now? Uh, oh, yeah. Now I do. Maybe it, it got muted or something. Go ahead. You're oh, fine okay. now. Yeah, I was just saying that I think seniors have been trained or taught to be elderly. Uh, They're supposed to act in a certain way, dress in a certain way, speak in a certain way, and I think they buy into that far too easily, at least too many seniors do. And um, they begin to get the feeling that that their life is over and that they're just kind of marking time. You know, um, a lot of these, uh, uh, what do they call them, Uh, senior residences are really, in their minds, are places you go to wait until you die. Uh, it's like God's waiting room. I've heard people refer <laughs> Florida to uh, by that name. So, but I take an opposite viewpoint. I think there is so much to be gained from the process of aging that we miss. That I think you know that's what we should be talking about now. Uh, I want to share something that I found very, very inspiring. It was written by Joanna Fuchs, 
and it's called Birthday Blessings. Instead of counting candles or tallying the years, contemplate your blessings now as your birthday nears. Consider special people who love you and who care and others who have enriched your life just by being there. Think about the memories passing years can never mar. Experiences great and small that have made you who you are. Another year is a happy gift, so cut your cake and say, instead of counting birthdays, I count blessings every day. Love that poem, and it made me think of you, John. Uh, Yeah, kind of, except that it doesn't do what we're talking about today. Um, I think what we're talking about today is what are the things about aging that are joyful? And that's kind of like an overview of, well, you know, Instead of counting your birthdays, count your blessings. Well, what are your blessings? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Let me begin with the number one blessing in my life right now. It is that the fact that I am now better friends with the most important person in my life than I've ever been before. And the most important person in my life for all my life is me. I have come to know me. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. Go ahead. <laughs> I have come to know me in ways I never did when I was 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I have the time now to understand what it is I really enjoy and what it is I've enjoyed because other people were more comfortable when I shared that with them. I know the foods that I like. I know the way I like them to taste. I know that I can, uh, the, the movies that I enjoy watching. I know the places I enjoy going. I don't have to pretend anymore that, well, that's a beautiful uh, movie when it really wasn't. It wasn't suited to my taste. So what I've discovered is that I know who John Bell is all of a sudden. You know, after all these years, I know what my favorite things are, and I can embrace those things without having to sacrifice any of them or pretend to like other things because everybody else likes them. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, the the sense like of knowing who I am you. and what is good for me is very, very important. And I never let myself do that before. Uh, I was saying as I'm listening to you, it sounds like you'd want to marry you. I would if I could. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's interesting about that? Most people say I would never marry me. I'm looking for the opposite. So that alone is very inspiring. Well, yeah, I don't know why anybody would look for the opposite. You want to look for people who have their own life. But uh, if we're talking about relationships, you want somebody who has their own life and their own contributions to make to the world and to you if you are in a relationship with them. But it is still, I think, the most important thing that we neglect over the years, and the thing that is the most joyful is getting to know ourselves and coming to peace with, our, with, the, with what we have learned. That's the important thing. We don't have to hide them. We don't have to pretend anymore. That's, again, one of the greatest joys of, of my uh, age, uh, Joyce, is I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to say, oh, yes, that's beautiful. I love that when I don't. I can simply say, not my cup of tea. I'm glad you enjoy it, but it's not something I enjoy. I don't have to pretend that I am the smartest or the youngest or the strongest or the most handsome or the most this or the most that. All of those pretenses that were part of my youth, all of those things I had to do, I thought, to get ahead in the world, to keep a job, to be successful, to make money, 
I have let go of all of those things, and it is a joyous release to not have to worry about pretending to be something I am not. I'm an 83-year-old guy who loves grilled cheese sandwiches and old movies. Take it or leave it, folks. That's what it's all about. <laughs> but I know you a long time, John. We go back quite sure. a while. And I always, since I know you, uh, you know, from the Z100 days, and I won those so many trips and you were there, you always were so transparent. You always said it like it was. You always shared personal things that you were fine where most people would keep it quiet or hidden. Not that you did anything wrong. Uh, but you were always very comfortable with who you are. Well, yes, with, with most of who I was. But what I'm saying to you is that as I've aged, I've discovered parts of me that I didn't know back even those years when I was on the radio. I was trying to be authentic when I was on the radio. I wanted to be who I was at that age and at that place in my life. But there were other parts of me I hadn't yet, I hadn't yet discovered. And I didn't have the time to discover them because I was too busy pretending to be a radio personality who people uh, turned a radio on to listen to. I had all kinds of uh, requirements around my life, things I had to do, things I I, uh, perhaps didn't always enjoy doing, but I did because it made sense to do it at the time. Now those things have been, been, been taken away. And I don't think people appreciate that at this stage in my life and at this stage in their lives, they will also be able to put down the burdens of pretense. That's the way I would put it. The burden of being something that maybe you're not really. Or the burden of being something you're tired of being. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, when you, there are things that you enjoy doing when you're 40 that you don't enjoy doing at 60. So why pretend you still do? All that I get, all that is true. The only thing I don't get is when you reference being uh, on the air, how much was pretense. I saw you was totally authentic. It was all authentic. Person. It wasn't pretense. It wasn't pretense. It becomes pretense when you do it after you are no longer really feeling that way. Oh, that, I that now radio, I get it. I yeah, now I understand. Z, yes, I couldn't do Z100 today. It would be childish and foolish and silly and, and sometimes wasteful in terms of time. and that kind. It was perfectly suited for the time, and I was perfectly in tune with it when I was doing it. But you change with time, and as you grow older, the, the other things become more important. So that's what I'm talking about. For me to do that now would be pretense. When I did it, it was reality because that's where I was and who I was. But now, but I'm it saying would be you're pretense. so good at what you do and you're so wise, you could pull that off easily. You may not enjoy it as much, but you. Well, could I don't pull know whether the listeners off. would enjoy it as much either. <laughs> I would, I would for one. Um, you were the highlight of all the shows I listened to, The Voice of Reason. You were the one who came up with the games, the riddles, the contests. So you have so many skills that I think it's all part of who you are, and you don't forget them like you don't forget riding on a bicycle. Exactly. I imagine I could do it, you know, as I said, I could pretend still to be that John Bell, but I am not anymore. Uh, Let me tell you something else I have discovered. That is a joy. I have learned to love this 80-some-year-old body of mine. For many, many years, I relied on it to be strong and fast and all of the things it needed to do, have stamina and all of that. 
most of those things are gone now. I'm no longer a 25-year-old strong man. You know, I can't lift the same amount of weight I used to lift. I don't run as fast. Run. I don't I don't know when I ran last, but I don't do those kinds of things. But I love this body. I look at it and I realize, you know what? I speak to it sometimes and I say, you and I have been through a lot together, buddy. We've spent <laughs> a lot it. of years together and we have done, we have come through some difficult times. Just recently, as you know, I went through open heart surgery. And I don't know whether I told you, but uh, a few months after the open heart surgery, I sat down one day, I was rethinking uh, what that whole process was like. And suddenly I started to cry. And for a moment, I didn't understand why. And then it dawned on me. I was crying for what this body had gone through to preserve my life. I was crying about the fact that it it had withstood the dangers of a possible heart attack. It had gone through open-heart surgery. It had spent time in a hospital recovering from very serious uh, quadruple bypass surgery. Then it went through rehabilitation for three months, three days a week, working hard 50 minutes a day, three times a week, just to rebuild it and get the strength back and get back to where I am now. God, this body has been incredibly good to me. And I love it for all that it's done, for all the sacrifices it's made, for all of the of the uh, the experiences we've shared together. And so when I look at the wrinkles and I feel sometimes the aches and pains, that's okay, buddy. This is mine. We've been through this together, and I love it as much as it cares for me. So that's awesome. something else. That's a that's one when of the joys. When you were in rehab, was that outpatient, or you you yes, spent time as a living? I, Yes, I went to a hospital uh, rehab center three times a week. I'd drive up there and work out for for an hour three times a week for three months. Yes. And uh, and I'm telling you, if I didn't have this body, I wouldn't have made it. I see lots of people who don't recover from what I've had uh, and don't get back there. Savor for life, the kinds of things that they what enjoy What you learned most. in rehab, do you keep up the exercises? Do you oh, keep yeah. it going? I still go to the gym three times a week, sometimes four times a week. Really? Because, because and again, it's because I've learned to love this body. It has it has survived 83 years with me, Joyce. <laughs> so I'm going to take care of it and squeeze a few more years out of it if I can. <laughs> wow, very very you, inspiring. That's what, that's what matters, you know. And, I, and if I don't if I don't respect this body. You know, I think the scripture says something about the body, human body being our temple. Well, it is in a sense. I've lived in it. I've spent more time with me, with this body, than I have with anybody else in the world. Anybody else in the world. (laughs) So why should I not cherish it and regard it with great pleasure and be thankful for what it does for me? You know, it it has lasted. So you're saying, John Bell, that you were introduced to it. The day you were born, you got started getting to know it then. No, I took it for granted all those years, Joyce, like everybody does when they're young. That's they true. They take it for granted. They don't That's realize true. that this, you know, they take they, they take better care of their car than they take care of their body. They'll be out on Saturdays washing and polishing the car and never go to a gym or never watch what they eat. You know, they'll go out to McDonald's and eat three burgers and a pile of French fries and then go clean their car. <laughs> That's true. But for me, I have come to realize that this journey would have been impossible without this body. 
without a body that was healthy enough and strong enough to carry me through all these years, survive all of the pressures and, and difficulties that it's had to face. So I've learned to love not only me, the me, internal me, the, the spiritual, soulful me, but I've learned to love this physical me. You know, I've realized it's important and I've realized how much it's contributed to my life. So that's one of the joys. I like and look in the mirror and say, boy, you're an old guy, John, but you know what? You're still hanging in there. <laughs> And thank God for that. And and yes. I say you're going to hang in there many, many, many more years. We're not going to give oh. you up, John Bell. That'll be nice. That'll be nice. I just want to share a resource with you folks that I really did sure. enjoy. It was an HBO documentary film called If You're Not in the Old Bit, Eat Breakfast. And it's how the twilight years can truly be the happiest and most rewarding. I know just seeing that title, the mind goes, how could that possibly be true? So I'm delighted you're talking about that. And the documentary is still running several times all this week. But I just want to say that it came from Carl Reiner at 95. He said, I check the obits each morning. And if I'm not in it, then I have breakfast. He wrote five books after the age of 90, uh, and there were several others that were referenced, like Tony Bennett, the singer at 90, Mel yeah. Brooks, 91, American filmmaker, comedian, actor, Kirk Douglas, 100. These people are still going strong. My uh, Kirk's son, Michael, is 72. But I just want to share out of the hour-and-a-half documentary my most inspiring story that it actually brought me to tears. And that was the story of Ida Keeling, K-E-E-L-I-N-G, at 100. She is still running in races. She started running at 67. She was feeling disgusted, depressed. Her daughter said, Mom, start running. We'll run together. So she started at 67. Ida said she never considered herself old. To this day, she never sees herself as old. And she she says you need a reason to get up in the morning uh, and that um, doing running for her was that reason. She runs almost every day and literally she's in races and seeing a hundred year old woman cross the finish line in the races that she ran with people screaming for her and cheering her on. Literally it brought tears to my eyes with the thought, wow, if she can do it, I can do it. That's inspiring, but that's not where I come from. I have no desire whatsoever to do anything that is intended to make me not old. I am an old man at 83 approximately, <laughs> uh, uh, close line. I'm an old guy. Why would I want to deny that? I take great pride in the fact that I have lived this long. And so I'm not trying to show people that I can still climb Mount Everest or all that kind of stuff. If I, it was something I wanted to do and I was physically fit enough to do it, I would do it. But I don't do anything at all to make people think I'm younger than I am. I am 83. She, I tell everybody. In fact, I always push Ira it Ira isn't doing it for the masses to watch her. She's doing it for herself when she didn't have a reason to keep going. Exactly. In her case, running was her reason. Yeah, and if that works for her, that's great. I'm saying that my my joy of aging is not that I can run a marathon. It's that I can accept the fact that I can't run a marathon. 
Do you see what I'm saying? There is a difference because most people who are that woman's age are not running marathons, are not running races. They need something else to find joy in. So I, I applaud the fact that she has found something that she is able to do that gives her a sense of satisfaction and, and, and accomplishment. That's great. But for most of us, we are not in a position to do those kinds of things. And so we need to look for other things that give us joy. And I agree point? with you. <laughs> oh, no, no, of course I get the point. I'm certainly not going to go out there running now. But I'm just trying to bring <laughs> out that she defies age and what she did no, was she extraordinary. No, she hasn't defied age. She is still the same, the age that she is. What she has done is she has defied some of the physical limitations that often come with age. She's not younger because she runs those races. She's still the same age she is. What she has done is she's overcome the physical, one of the physical aspects of aging. And some people can do that and some people can't. Do you see what I'm saying, Julie? Of course I do. And what I'm saying for me, where I run every morning, five days a week, is to my studio to produce this show. And that, for me, with I've had several years of extraordinary health challenges. But so for me, that's what keeps me young. That's what keeps me going, is that I really, in my heart and soul, feel I'm making a difference. So for me, it's running to the studio to produce this show five days a week. And that's very important, not only for you, but for the people who listen to you. But my point, and, I, and perhaps I didn't put fine enough, fine enough point on it, is that we can always find the exceptions. We can find the 95-year-old who's still writing Broadway shows, and we can find the 92-year-old who's running a marathon. Those are the exceptions in the main choice. The majority of the people that we're talking about and talking to, in a sense, don't do that in their 90s. They may be capable of doing it, but they've chosen other pursuits. They've chosen True. other things. What True. I think is important is for us to find those things that can bring joy to everybody who is 92, not just the ones who can run a race or write a book. What about those people who are in a nursing home somewhere who can't or who are physically unable to do those physical things True. or never had the talent to write a book? There are still so many other things that they can get joy from. For example, one of the things that has brought me joy in this stage of my life is my realization that I'm part of this whole world, this whole creation. There are, there are a family of, of uh, rabbits that live outside my house, and I see them running around out there. Twenty years ago, I would have said, look at that, there's a rabbit, and gone on. Now I watch them, and I watch the way they play together, and I watch the way they feed, and I watch the way they run and hide when I when I open my front door to go outside, I have discovered that they are part of the same universe I am part of, that they are living the same life that I'm living. They are as much a part of me as my neighbors, my human neighbors are, my two dogs that I own are. There is a, a new understanding of my place in the universe now that I didn't have 20, 30 years ago. I see myself as part of it all now, part of the whole thing. And I, I posted something on Facebook yesterday or the day before yesterday or something like that that, uh, that dealt with that subject. I said I, I take pleasure in the fact that the energy God breathed into the universe is working itself out in me, at least for a while. You don't think that's a joyous thing to realize that the energy of the universe that God created is 
I am part of that, and it's it's the reason I breathe, the reason I walk, and the reason you and I can talk here on the telephone. That all of us can experience. You don't have to be an athlete or a, a playwright or anything else to experience that oneness with the universe, oneness with creation, oneness with all life, that kind of thing. Yeah, I love, I, I, my house overlooks the lake, I love looking at the birds, I love looking at the ducks, all of that, so I totally agree with you, that that gives me a great deal of pleasure. I, it is said you're only young once, but you can be immature for a lifetime. Would you consider being immature a part of the fun and, and not acknowledging your age as such, but acting youthful and young, if that's what you choose to do? Um, I guess if that's what you choose to do, it's okay. I don't know why anybody would waste their time doing that. You know, that's like the the 18-year-old is trying to pretend she's 25 so she can go out drinking with her friends. I mean, if that's important to you, yeah, pretend that you're 25. Or if you're 75 and you want to pretend that you're 55, you know, go ahead if it does something for you. I think the greatest thing we can do for ourselves is to accept who we are, where we are, and what the status of our life is at this time. I find joy in being an 83-year-old man who can still do some of the things that I do. I don't want to be, I don't want people to think I'm 40, or I don't want anybody to think I'm 10 years younger than I am. I am. I, I brag about my age. I tell people, yes, hey, you know will. what? You know, this is this is an achievement, an accomplishment. I earned all these wrinkles. <laughs> I, I totally get it. I guess I was coming from acting immature as a way to have fun, going to a Halloween party at any age and, and, and looking like, a, you know, a 25-year-old prince. But as, as part of the fun that there is just one way to have fun, is taking that day, that evening, and feeling immature and giggling with friends. That's where I was well. coming from. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, uh, I just, I, I think, as I said before, one of the things that I've, I take great joy in is not having to pretend anymore. So I can go to a Halloween Halloween party and have fun, but I don't have to pretend I'm 25. And I, you know, I can wear a costume if I want, and but I don't have to pretend I'm I'm an 80 some year old guy wearing a costume I on Halloween, you. and that can be fun. That's great. Were- I don't do anything to appear to be younger. Or to act like I'm younger, I do everything that I do that is suitable for me as as I am right now. You know, um, I don't know. I I know that there is a tremendous drive in this country to appear to be. A, look at the billions of dollars, mostly women, but some men do, to spend on cosmetics and things, trying to make themselves look young. I turn on a How TV and there's plastic surgery, cosmetics, is nothing. What about and the creams and lotions Botox. And, the cream, creams and lotions and chemicals and all that stuff, trying to look young. And you know what? It never really works, Joyce. You know, they look at uh, on television or in the movies at some of these actors and actresses who at 70 appear to be 50. But if you get up close and they don't have all the makeup that the makeup artist and the camera lighting provides, yeah. you can tell they're not 60. You know, they're 75 or whatever. My point is why bother? Why bother being anything but who you are, what you are, and where you are in your life? Why Agreed. bother? There was a very popular song way back when, The Great Pretender. 
It was a big, big hit song. So I get your point. You can enjoy these things, but you don't have to pretend to be something other than you are. So you can go out and put on that silly costume, but you can enjoy it uh, with your age, not despite your age. Exactly. That's you. That you nailed it. That's exactly my point. Exactly I got your point. point. <laughs> well, I say age is just a number, and mine is unlisted. Like most yeah. women, uh, they don't want to tell their age because it, it, most women feel there's certain stigmas attached to age. Uh, if you're not married by 25, a stigma. If you didn't have your kids by 30, a stigma. So that's another issue for a lot of people on why they kind of conceal their age because it's attached to where you should be in the in the mind of the average person. Yes, and that's because, unfortunately, we have penalized women who, uh, as they age, we, 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 as you just pointed out, a couple of the waypoints in their lives that they have to measure up to if you haven't done right. this by then, if you haven't looked like this at that age, all of that right. kind of stuff. Those are, those are silly, unnecessary penalties that we impose upon women and to some degree upon men. I hate it when I hear people say to uh, an elderly man, you know, you shouldn't dress like that. Hey, you know what? Right. If that's the way he wants to dress and he's comfortable in it, Go for it, dude. Don't do it to look young, but if you do it because you are more comfortable wearing that kind of an outfit, then wear it. You know? What is that? There's a beautiful poem about a woman woman who says, when I grow old, I shall wear purple. Have you ever heard that, that, that poem? No. Mm-mm. It's a beautiful poem, but it's a woman saying that when she grows old, she's going to do all the things she did when she was young, but she's going to do them as an elderly woman. She will wear the colors that she enjoyed wearing all of her life. You know, she'll wear her. Do you know there's an organization called the Red Hat Women? Have you seen those? No. Those are older women. They all wear red hats, and they get they convene together at restaurants and theaters and other things. They do activities and events together. But they are people who are learning to accept the aging process and to enjoy it and not to hide it. There's no need. I think the most beautiful women in the world that I see now are women who have allowed themselves to age naturally. They let their hair go iron gray if they want. They don't try to hide the wrinkles. They don't overly make up. They are nature's beauty because they have aged beautifully. And nature is kind to us. It does kind of give us a break here and there. You know, we may not be, we may not look like, like I don't know, some of the young actresses and actors of our time. But um, I think there is great beauty in the aging process. And when I see a woman who has allowed herself to, to show her age and has reached an age where she should be proud of how, you know, how she looks, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, I John, I believe you're the exception to the rule. I, I, I believe that most people have a different concept of it. And that's why you're a role model, and that's why you inspire people. Uh, You come from the Mark Twain theory. Age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. That's very wisely said. Uh, Twain was good at things like that. But it's very true that it is a question of mind over matter in a real sense because it's um, it's what we are willing to accept about ourselves, not to hide anything from ourselves, 
um, to realize who we are and what we are and to accept the the challenges that this stage of our life offers us and which are different from the challenges we had at another time in our lives. Um, the other thing I think that I've I've found great joy in, too, is while we're still on that subject, is that I've learned to enjoy moments more than I used to. Things used to fly by me so fast when my life was full and too many things to do and too many things to prove and all the rest. I didn't savor some of the most important moments of my life. And now I realize that there are moments that I want to just, there's a, what is the, uh, I think his name was William Davies. He's a brilliant poet, Britain, British poet. He said, a poor, a poor life this, if full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. That's that's another way of saying stop and smell the roses. Yes. It's a poor life if we're so busy, we never just stop and stare at the beauty of a rose or the beauty of a sunset or the, the, an attractive woman that walks by or an attractive man that walks by. You know, age gives us the potential to stop and stare, to say, you know what, I'm not going anywhere. I'm no big hurry. I don't have anything to prove. and I don't have any place to go. So I can enjoy this moment and enjoy it in a way I never would have before. I'll tell you the truth. I wish I could go back. If I were going to go back and live my life over, I'd want to take more time to enjoy the things that I that I kind of brushed through when I was young. Well, you sound like whatever the age is, whatever the age coming up, you will make the most of each and every day. And oh, that's please, why of you inspire people and that's why you are the ultimate voice of reason. Folks, my advice to you all as one way to stay young and positive and be happy is listen to our show every day. And in the wise words of our health guru, Beverly Nadler, here are some reasons. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. 
And, folks, we invite you to participate with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, Joyce Barry and Friends dot com and right under my picture on the upper left it says follow and if you click on that you can join the thousands of followers who will be advised by email of every show every guest every topic you need not miss any of our special shows if you can join us when we are live at 11 a.m eastern you can listen to any show download any show uh, anytime, 24-7, they are in our archives. You can click on the links, email them, and share them with your friends as well. John, so what is it you would be looking forward to? Do you have a bucket list? Um, not really a bucket list. You know, I think most of the things that I look forward to, I think I've, I've accomplished or, or within fairly easy reach. So I never think of things in a terms of a bucket list um i yeah, it's hard to say do you ever think about being immortal yes i do okay well that's a, that's that's something that most young people don't ever think about but as you age there are moments when you can sit down and think about immortality for example let me ask you a question have you ever wondered about this that life is a short period of time between two unknown infinities. Now, what, what did I just say? Life is a short period of time between two unknown infinities. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. There is an infinity yeah, before we were and, born. And before you were born, yes. Yes. And those two infinities are what challenge me. What is What exists within the infinity before I was born and the infinity after I die? And I spend time thinking about those things. I think I realize that I've never met anyone who said, boy, before I was born, it was terrible. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> it, was, it was painful, and, and I, I was didn't impatient. Like the I didn't there was like never the any. There was never any complaint about the infinity before birth, but we all worry about the infinity after death, and I wonder why. Why well, would it be any? Do you believe in the afterlife? It depends on what you mean by the afterlife. I think that my body is mortal. Of course, it's going to die. But I don't know about my spirit, about my soul. I don't know. Correct. I know that I that my faith teaches me that if I stay in faith, there is the potential for eternal life, and I enjoy having that feeling and, and having that understanding. Um, because it doesn't cost me anything, you know. It's a it's a great thing. But I am intrigued by those two infinities that surround life, and I wonder about what is what they are about. You know, it's strange. I know that you, we can't destroy energy, and that all I am is energy, holding together a bunch of molecules and things in a form of a human body, and that I am more space than I am solid that atoms can pass right through me through the empty spaces and between the atoms and the molecules that make up my body. So there are are wonders to to consider that could exist after what we call death. You know, I wrote something on Facebook some time ago. To the the caterpillar, uh, what the caterpillar thinks of as death, the butterfly thinks of the beginning. Hmm. 
Very interesting. Folks, uh, you might want to check out John Bell's website. <laughs> it's johnbell.today, johnbell.today, yes. and his Facebook page, John Bell, because you're hearing such wisdom, such inspiration. Uh, so you might want to know more about this extraordinary person, johnbell.today. I find a lot of great things in his website that inspire me the same way that I do on Facebook. That would be just John Bell. So um, I I think a bucket list has merits from the standpoint of, Mm -hmm. you know, having that goal in front of you as to what you might want to accomplish. You might just label it short-term, intermediate, long-term goals. Other people might call it a bucket list because they've never attempted any of that before. Yeah, I have no, I, I don't oppose having a bucket list. I just don't think that I've ever thought of creating one. Um, I don't think that there are a lot of things that that I feel moved that I have to accomplish before I die. But, um, you know, there are things I'm sure I would enjoy accomplishing before I die. I'd like to do some more traveling. I'd like to spend some more time with family. Uh, I like to keep writing and keep reading. Yeah, those are things that I enjoy doing, and I want to keep be able to continue doing them for as long as I possibly can. But I don't really have – I know what you refer to – when you say a bucket list, it's a, usually a, a group of things that people want to accomplish before they die, places they uh-huh. want to see, things they want to do, a song they want to sing, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, they make up a list and say, okay, these are things that I want to do. I would think that what you ought to do is just go do them. You know, if, you, if you've got a <laughs> That's bucket called list. living in the now. Living yes, right here, right list, now. Don't put, yeah, don't put it off. Go do it. <laughs> Well, that also, as as a decades-long coach, I know that most often when people do want things, uh, do have things on their list, whatever kind of list it is, they come from they'll do it someday. They'll come from I'll check it out someday, I'll read this book someday, I'll see that movie someday. So I wrote this for all of you who actually believe there is a someday. I, for one, don't. Someday, an original poem by yours truly, Joyce Barry. I went to my calendar and took a look. I discovered that someday was not in the book. I looked carefully, for someday I did seek, but only Monday through Sunday appeared on each week. I got really confused. This was not funny. I always said someday I'd make very good money. I always said someday I'd get everything done. I always said someday I'd be number one. I always said someday this and someday that. Someday is starting to sound like very old hat. I became very sure that something was wrong. No someday on my calendar all along. I thought everything I wanted would come to be. It would happen someday. I kept telling me. It was someday. I kept telling you that all our dreams were sure to come true. How shocking to discover that all along, someday was not in the calendar. How could I be so wrong? How could I not know that why I was stuck was that someday would never, ever show up? There wasn't a calendar anywhere, none to be found. 
that had someday in it, it would never come around. I always knew that if something is going to be, I am totally responsible. It's all up to me. I thought of my goals and made a new list. How exciting to realize that someday did not exist. Now I really know without any doubt that Monday through Sunday is in and Sunday is out. So I ask you women, I ask you men, I ask myself, if not right now, when? So, John Bell, if I understand you correctly, rather than a list, you just know things uh, that are important to you, you will do right here, right now, when time permits. Right. Well, that poem is great because it says exactly what it should, what I think people should understand, is that putting things off is, is almost a guarantee that it won't get done. If there's something you really care about and really want to do, do it. None of us has any any guarantee as to how long we're going to be alive. You know, we don't have any we don't have any uh, time schedule that tells us well we've got time to do this or time to do that. If there's something that's really important to you enough to put on a bucket list, go and do it. I think one of the things that persuaded me of how important that was is I uh, I was on a tour of uh, Canada uh, many years ago. And that tour consisted of stopping off at a lot of cathedrals and old churches and forts and castles and things of that sort. And I noticed how many people had put off making that trip until they were in their 60s and 70s. And there was one place, one temple, one one cathedral I went to visit that must have had 150 steps to get up to the front door of the cathedral. And I noticed how many people were unable, they were they had become too old and too feeble to make it up all of those steps. So they had to pass on visiting that church. And I thought to myself, you know, it's a mistake to put off things until maybe we're not even able to do them anymore. So I agree with your poem. If there is something that you really want to do, do it now. You know, the time is not promised to us. We don't know how much of it we have. So do the things you enjoy uh, while you can. And regarding do it now, I actually have a poem that expresses that sentiment as well. Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one worldwide Internet radio show. This poem an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. 
what is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication to get wealthy? It's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when? So I really did enjoy very much doing this show with you, John, because whenever you're on, you always walk the talk that you don't just give advice, you live the advice. Abraham Lincoln said, and in the end, it's not the years in your life that count, it's the life in your years, and you exude that, John Bell. Well, I think that's too public for anybody who's getting the most out of their lives is that they have discovered that Um, living life is an active uh, uh, participation. It's not just breathing. (laughs) It's getting involved in doing things and doing the things that are important to you. And as I said, as you get older, you begin to separate out those things that are really important and those things that maybe other people think are important. And all I'm suggesting is that as you gain that knowledge about yourself, focus on the things that are important to you the things that bring you joy and satisfaction and a sense of completion. The world will direct us in so many other directions. I see kids nowadays all walking around with their faces buried in their cell phones. And I saw a poster the other day that said, you will never see an open door of opportunity if your face is always buried in a cell phone. And Mm. I think that is so true. There are so many young people today who are locked in and don't see the whole world. They're, they see a digital world on a small screen cell phone, and they're missing the beautiful world around them. And I suggest that they put the phones away and lift up their I heads. I never and, even realized that it's not just something that they prefer. It is an addiction. I've been reading up a lot oh, yeah. about that. They they can't take their eyes off the texting and all of that. They even text to people in the same room with them. It is a, literally an addiction. They go into withdrawal if they don't have their phone with them for five minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that it's it's not just young people now. It's, it's Adults are doing the same thing. I saw a family go into a restaurant recently, sit down at the table, have dinner together, two daughters and a mother and father. And they each had their cell phones, which they placed very carefully by their plate, their dinner plate. Mm-hmm. Throughout the meal, they spent more time checking their phones than they did talking to one another. Oh, God, I, I see them that all the time. There was one case where the daughter uh, never stopped for a second. Her plate with the food was sitting there the entire time. And what got me on that was the parents never once said, put your phone away. In your case, the parents were as guilty. In this case, nobody was but the daughter never stopped, never spoke, and the parents never said to put the phone away, not even once. Well, you know, there was a horrible video that went viral last week of a woman walking down the street and so busy looking at her cell phone, she fell into a cellar, um, eight feet deep into an open cellar and um, was seriously injured um, because she was totally unaware of the fact that where she was and what she was doing. I see people all the time walking out into the middle of traffic looking at their cell phone. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, that viral video, I wish it was, it was shown more. I mean, people hear all of this, but walking down the street, they're looking down. They have no concept of what's going on around them. It's a very sad state of affairs. Exactly, and it's unfortunately part of the distractions of technology, and, and it, technology should be for our use, not for our distraction. Uh, Herbert Asquith said this. I'm wondering if you agree. Youth would be an ideal state if it came a little later in life. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've thought about that. But I realize that in a sense, life is, is, is set up pretty much the way it ought to go. You know, youth has its purpose and has its time. And I loved it when I was young. I enjoyed it. and I, I partook of it as fully as I possibly could. But it's not something forever. You know, I think that I would have missed the middle years, and I certainly would have missed these later years. Um, I'm talking now with some people at my church about a program I'd like to institute called Finishing Well. And what it would really be about is to help people from 60, 70, 80, up in that age group, how to use the, those remaining years of their lives most, most effectively. Not necessarily productively, but effectively to not only help themselves, but maybe help other people to share the knowledge and wisdom and experience they have, and at the same time benefit from that knowledge and experience that they have. It's um, it's something that we shouldn't we shouldn't put elderly people on the shelf or in nursing homes or whatever. We should we should find them, see them as a resource and use their talents and abilities and experiences to enrich the lives of those who are young. It'd be great, John. Did you see the movie uh, Benjamin Button? Uh, no, I didn't. But I I read the, um, the story of Benjamin Button, the, the movie based on the story. Yeah. I so that's where a man goes from being old to being young. Yeah. Yes, from being very old all the way down to like an infant in, a t uh, in yeah. someone's arms. And um, I found the movie very long, very boring. I skipped through a lot of it. But I wanted to see the concept because so many people had talked about it. And I realized I didn't know this until I saw it. It wasn't all wonderful. Well, now I can really enjoy being youth because he, as he got younger, he was getting dementia. He was having the afflictions yes. of the older person. Yes. I didn't know that it, that was part of the picture. So here's he's an infant. And he had dementia. Yes, well, exactly. It's not so strange when you think that infants are born, in a sense, with dementia. They don't. They can't remember anything at all. <laughs> They're very young. So the process may be going from from being fully aware to being totally unaware, um, and that would would happen if we reverse the aging process. I want to know the message that you want to leave our audience with today. I thought it was a great show. You, you are most inspiring. What is your message to leave people with? Oh, I would think it would be to, to accept the aging process and to find the pleasures and enjoyment that exist therein. Uh, if we spend that time, and I think it's a waste of time, denying our age or trying to find a way to look young or feel young, I think we waste too much of that time. So my, my suggestion to everybody is that you take accept your age for what it is. It is a blessing to have reached it. You have many, many things that you've learned and you can benefit from. 
and there is so much wisdom and experience that comes from aging that you should never poo-poo it in any way. I think it was it was Shakespeare. I remember the line. It said, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. And what I got when I read that in the Shakespeare a long, long time ago was that there's more out there for us to be involved with than any possible philosophical view of life that we have. Enjoy it. Take it in. Breathe it deeply. You know, life is a fantastic thing at every stage, and we should learn to enjoy it, whatever our age. I totally agree with you, John. Um, I say I would like my birthday to be every day to celebrate it every day. If it came along with the presents, I love any excuses for a celebration. Christmas is my favorite. Uh, and to, like you hit on so many of the points, do what makes you happy. You don't have to answer to anyone but yourself. So do what you enjoy and do it now. And my special prayer for all of you is may yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. And I say to all of you, make someone happy today. And we want to make you all happy. John Bell always makes me happy when he's a guest on our show. Always welcome on our show. So, folks, we invite you to laugh along with us, sing along with us, dance along with us, and you can do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. God bless you all. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired. By her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> wow. How 
have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and Friends. (laughs) 